Hello and welcome everybody wherever you are in the world. My name is Paul Ryan, I'm founder of PrescriptionRevision.com and I'm a GP and pharmacist based here in Ireland. I'm passionate about clinical pharmacology and therapeutics and really enjoy making the latest international guidance relevant to those of us at the coalface of primary care. So this is the second of three podcasts on gastroesophageal reflux disease in, in infants. And today I'm going to talk about the a number of, I've, I've got a number of different outcomes. And the first one is the general management of gastroesophageal reflux disease in infants. Then I'm going to discuss the management of reflux in breastfed infants. Thirdly, I'm going to talk about how to give alginates to breastfed babies and, and uh, bottle-fed babies. Uh, number four, I'm going to talk about the management of gastroesophageal reflux disease in formula-fed infants. And number five, I'm going to discuss the pharmacological therapy used in gastroesophageal reflux disease. So to start off, I'm going, uh, regarding the general management of gastroesophageal reflux disease in infants, so even if the infant has marked distress and frequent regurgitation, the majority of cases are managed conservatively. Generally, a trial of an, anginate, uh, of an alginate is appropriate if initial conservative treatment has failed. And acid suppression therapies should only be used when this has failed uh, and distress remains. So, I'm going to talk now specifically about the management of reflux in breastfed infants. So we know that reflux occurs in both breastfed babies and formula-fed babies. And I suppose the first of all, what are the conservative measurement measures um, used in uh, infants who are breastfed who also have reflux? So the, number one, make sure to keep the baby's head higher um, than their bottom, usually at about a 30 to 40 degree angle. Now a baby sling, um, which is suitable for the infant's age, may be useful in this uh, for this. The second point to make is that short, frequent feeds uh, should be uh, advised. Now, if these conservative measures fail, the first step is to use a trial of an alginate for one to two weeks, then reassess. The next step is to eliminate cow's milk protein uh, from the maternal diet. So that's not an easy thing to do. Um, so obviously cheese and milk, but also to remember certain sauces um, and obviously chocolate contain milk as well. So if this is not successful, then um, we would advise to refer, uh, the guidelines uh, state to refer to the GI clinic, uh, pediatric GI clinic, and a trial of an acid suppressant uh, for between four and eight weeks. Useful websites include Lelish uh, League website as well as breastfeeding.ie. So for the third part of this podcast, I'm going to discuss how to administer alginates such as Gaviscon infant um, to, to a baby. So you mix each sachet to a paste with five mils of cool boiled water. You then add a further 10 mils of cool boiled water and mix. Now, this should be administered to the baby halfway through the breastfeed 
using a teaspoon or a feeding bottle. It can also be added with regarding formula um, fed infants. It can be added to the formula feeds, um, and uh, then if it is successful, if mum and dad are happy, for it should be continued. Then after two to three weeks, it should be stopped to see do the symptoms return. And if they do, then it can be continued then again. We know that it, it is effective and that uh, it's uh, useful to be on that treatment. So regarding the management of gourd in formula fed uh, infants, the usual, number one, conservative management. Um, so what is conservative management? Number one, the positioning of the infant. Uh, when they're being formula fed to ensure that they're not getting too much air make sure the teeth is correct number three to follow the instructions at the back of the milk formula because these often differ actually between brands especially with the anti-reflux milks uh, number four then to make sure the volumes are age appropriate and avoid overfeeding so if this if these conservative measures have failed a trial of a thickened formula, such as an anti-reflux milk, should be should be uh, initiated. A separate thickener made up of bean gums, cereal, or flour can also be used. Um, such so an example of a product is Carabel, and this can be added to express milk or cool boiled water to form a paste. So, and just to make sure, uh, you either do one or the other, either thickened formula or else the Carabel. Then, if this does not uh, help, sodium alginate, a trial of a sodium alginate such as Gaviscon infant sachets for one to two weeks. And if this, uh, if there is no joy with this, it is now worth considering a two to four weeks of a protein hydrolysate uh, or an amino acid uh, based formula uh, milk. If this is not, not successful, the next step while referring to peds a GI clinic is a four to eight week trial of an acid suppressant. And this, and this is as per the ESPGAN, um, Pediatric Gastroesophageal Reflux Clinical Practice Guidelines. So for the fifth part of this podcast, I'm going to discuss the pharmacological therapy used. So we can consider a four week trial of a proton pump inhibitor or a H2 receptor antagonist if if there's either an unexplained feeding difficulties or distressed behavior or faltering growth and overt regurgitation. So they need to be regurgitating and have feeding difficulties or distressed behavior or faltering growth. Now, it is important to stop at four weeks and to see if the symptoms recur. Okay. I suppose just a point of note, you do not start metoclopramide because with metoclopramide, there's a risk of tardive dyskinesia, especially in kids, and there was no RCT evidence of benefit um, uh, in GORD, and it's contraindicated in kids under one. Also, not to start domperidone, because it's, uh, it can prolong the QT interval, leading to cardiac arrhythmias. So, um, and also just to note, there was an MHRA guidance in 2019 that stated that domperidone should no longer be used um uh, in children under 12 years of age um, and then the final thing is that I suppose just to make sure not to offer PPI or H2 receptor antagonist if the only symptom is overt regurgitation 
So that brings me to the end of today's podcast. Um, I hope you found it useful and I'm looking forward to delivering my next podcast. Thank you.